Hello, listeners. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you from a relatively, relatively unscathed part of Florida, the Florida Keys. Uh, this part of Florida Keys, uh, Key West, got a little more than we did. A little more, a lot more wind, and a lot more st- storm surge. Yeah, people keep in mind the Florida Keys is over a hundred miles long. There's a minimum of forty-three. Islands that are hooked together. There's more of them. There's more keys than 43. But in a line coming up, from coming down from Key Largo to Key West, there's 43. And that's with bridges. So there's a lot going on. It's 100 miles. And in 100 miles, there's a great variance in the amount of wind strength and severity of the hurricane. So I'm not going to go over the things that people talk about on the weather program, right? On all the weather programs. There seem like everything, how long you do it, how long, you know, when there's a hurricane that comes up, the, uh, all the weather channels and all the weather personnel, this is their time to shine. The time to shine. Just like, who is it? Uh, Just like a majorette at a football game. During halftime, it's their time to shine. It wouldn't be like fifth, fifth period during algebra class. No, it's halftime at a football game. You start twirling your baton, right? Well, the baton twirling for meteorologists and weather people is during a hurricane or a forest fire or a blizzard or whatever thing you have. That's... Um, even though a forest fire is not necessarily a weather event, but it is exasperated, or uh, I don't want to say exasperated, but it definitely makes it worse because of the weather. So here in the Keys, in the Upper Keys, we're relatively unscathed, but we had uh, vestiges of it. We have trees down. We had some storm surge, and especially on the coastal areas of the small, we're small key. And the coastal area is very close to people. My Where I live, it happens to be about 12 feet above sea level, over some, above high tide. And But there's people down the street, less than two blocks away, that regularly flood this time of year during just regular tide. And now they call it king tide uh, because for what reason? The tides are bigger nowadays meaning the water levels go higher. Some people who are maybe not believers in calling it King Tide call it sea level rise. Uh, I'm a proponent of belief in sea level rise, and that just made whenever there's a sea level rise, your high tide and your your low tide is higher and your hot tide's higher. So throw in a storm surge during a this time of year where the the tides are high, and they are high. Yeah, then you got some problems. You got a lot of properties getting flooded. Most of the properties on the coast here of the Keys have been either built to code to uh, withstand high surges or high winds, or have been retrofitted since all the other hurricanes that happened over since. Let's say that you know in the last 50, 60 years. So, up here, 
relatively unscathed. There's still some houses. There's old houses. The wife and I were driving down to Tavernier the other day. And in Tavernier, which is in between Isle Morada and Key Largo, it's a small town uh, south of us. It's uh, some of the oldest homes in the upper keys, the old conch homes, wooden structures. And uh, they're still around. They've fortunately made it through whatever hurricanes. These are houses that are 60, 70, sometimes 100 years old. And they, they made it. Um, they, they uh, It's just interesting when you see it. If it did get a direct hit, which you, you always think about when you hear a hurricane coming, you think it's hitting. If you heard Irma, 2017, you think it hit all the keys in the same way. No, it, was, it hit Deer Key south of us about 60 to 70 miles. It hit dead there, and that's where it caused the most damage. But there were also northeast of it, or on the right side of it, there was some nice, so, nice damage, severe damage, and also tornadoes and things like that caused damage. You have wind damage. You have uh, some storm surge, but depending on where the wind's blowing, if the wind's pushing away from the shore, then you don't have as much storm surge. But when it's pushing in, that's what causes storm. I'm not going to talk about all that stuff because remember, all those Weather Channel people did that. But we dealt with it here. So what the results were here, besides some flood damage, a decent amount of flood damage, probably a lot worse when you go further south and not nearly as severe as the direct impacts on the west coast around Naples, Florida, uh, we ended up having... The school closed from Tuesday to today, the schools in Monroe County, uh, not because of the severe effects up here. Now, they would have closed them for two days, uh, but the damage uh, or the effects were so strong in Key West that they need to close the whole county down. It's interesting with that 100 miles, there could, you could have like whenever there is a tornado warning and it's 30 miles away, it's in our county. Even though it's 30 miles away, 40 miles away, the whole county gets that alert. Right? And that all the factors that would make a hurricane, I mean, make a tornado more likely to form. So we get those alerts and then we all, everyone gets on the lookout uh, for a tornado. That's that's probably pretty tornadoes are pretty scary a hurricane you can you can prepare for you're set for a, a tornado shows up at your door like a a guy trying to break in banging on the door let me the fuck in you know that's a tornado and you just got to you react to it you got to go to the center house and center of the house and get in your bathtub and stuff like that so here we are we're closed uh we the restaurant Though I work at a bar, we didn't close because we didn't. We weren't in direct line as as the hurricane approached. We look at it now. I'm going to tell you a story that relates to me because I guess I'm able to say this. I though I didn't get. I'm not in contact with them, but I have uh, my niece and her uh, family. She has a one year old child in her and. They, they, um, she and her husband, or I guess I don't know if they're, I know, I know they're not married yet, but they're together, they're family unit. 
they were coming back from Maryland visiting. They were up there for a wedding and they came back down a day before, a day before, I think on Sunday. And they were going, they live in St. Pete. Now at the time on Sunday, St. Pete was the center of uh, Tampa and St. Pete were considered to be one of, they was getting closer, the models were bringing it south. Originally this storm was supposed to be the panhandle, but as it slowed down, it started going south, 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 and moving toward more towards the east. So what happens with your planning when you evacuate? You can almost, making a decision too early is, though doesn't approach, approach how bad it is making it too late, because when you're too late, you're done. Or sometimes it works in your favor. If you make a decision too late and it misses you, that's good too. But you know, when you when it goes things go south, that's a bad thing. Well, making a decision too early, you you uh, they made the decision to leave St. Pete and go south. Now at this time, when they made their decision, I don't know when they truly made their decision, but all the models were moving the hurricane further south, further south, further south. Originally, it was supposed to be a panhandle event, which is further west and north. The And then it got to the Gulf Coast. I think they made their decision at the point it was approaching uh, St. Pete and Tampa. But it just passed through that. And I remember them talking about it. And uh, not my niece, but... They ended up going to Naples. They went right into the heart of it, right into the heart of it with their baby because their friend of theirs who had a house down there invited them to stay with them. And I spoke to my sister, actually my uh, my older sister, who's not the parent of my niece. And I said to her, I said, you can't, really make a decision too early because you need to know where to go. And making that move to decide to go south is cutting off your your getaway. Because that would be like me evacuating the Key West if it looked like it was going to hit Key Largo, a hurricane. Because once you get to Key West, there's no other place to go because you really don't want to go north. And if it starts turning towards Key West, then you're really screwed. So, yeah, you, you give yourself less leeway. That's why you go north and you just keep on going. And you kind of go from the away from the track. So that would be, for us, it would be anywhere, any place north and west of the Panhandle. To stay, you know, towards the, the further... The panhandle was far enough away, probably had very limited uh, impacts there because it's already on, probably on the coast going over the ocean now. So that, that would probably have been the best because you get to the panhandle, you have the option of going up to Alabama, Mississippi, whatever, Georgia. But when you head south, and if it turns south, you don't have, you know, we're the ass end of the continent. So we had those decisions to make. Now, at work, there's another dynamic that goes on with these storms. I talk about the bars. Because people are out of work. What are they going to do? Well, 
a lot of them decided to just go out and eat. And they were one of the few restaurants uh, that were open because there were a lot of restaurants closed for this time of year for a couple weeks to give their staff vacation to do um, rehabilitation on their property, you know, renovation, clean up, put in new items. If you got new equipment to go in, that's the time to do it. Right after Labor Day, when things slow down, it's slow pretty much through mid to late October and starts picking up slowly um, later October through November, December, and then kind of slow after that. But we didn't really experience that too much slowdown since COVID, but we'll see now. So here we are, one of the few places open on Tuesday and Wednesday, and there's some besides the restaurants that were closed for those weeks. There's restaurants that closed because they were on the water, and they couldn't, you know, risk storm surge. And there was, you know, wind and waves and all that those things. So all the waterside restaurants closed. So that could be another. So that we only had like thirty percent of our restaurants. We ended up having only fifteen percent of our restaurants open. And all these people off from work, so we had all the locals come in. And right before I did this podcast, I had started recording it before. I don't, I did mention that the difference in a tourist crowd and a locals crowd is stark, especially as a bartender. Think about the things you drink when you're home. Do you drink pina coladas, mojitos, wine, no, mojitos, uh, I said pina coladas, didn't I say that? Margaritas, mojitos, especially martinis. No, you do that when you're on vacation, when you're out on Saturday night, blah, 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 blah whatever. Uh, so when you have tourists, they're drinking their, their vodka drinks, the whiskey drinks, um, you know, vodka cranberry, vodka soda, uh, whiskey ginger, 7 and 7, rum and coke, right? And beer, wine. The things they drink day to day. And so we get like inundated with all these people. Starting, our restaurant opens at 11.30. We started having people call at 11 o'clock. And I started, in, I started to notice a characteristic of the phone call. And the phone calls were weighing heavily. Now, I'm not trying to exaggerate, but 9 out of 10 of the phone calls were, Hi, I'm calling to see if you're open. Now, when I don't get a lot of those, I have a typical thing when someone says, I'll say, hi, this is the catch. My name's Jim. And if, if it's a typical day that there's no hurricane or anything, and someone says, are you open? I just pause and I go, this is a recording. If we were open, a real person would answer the phone. And then I'll pause again and say, yes, we're open. I know it's kind of snarky, but you know what? That gladdens my heart. That's something I do. And sometimes if the person, I can find out if the person's ready to have a good time and they start laughing, I go, yeah, yeah we're, of course we're open. Yes, we're open. Come in, there's cars in the front park. You know, uh, there have been times when we're closed when we had cars parked out front. That's because we're having a meeting or something like that. In the middle. But that's a rarity. We don't shut down for season. But during a storm like that, when a lot of restaurants are closed, and closed for a season and stuff like that. And saying, like I said, it was one to two out of 10 restaurants were closed. I mean, we're open. 
yesterday. We were one of uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, at least for lunch and uh, on Wednesday, we were one of maybe four restaurants that were open in Key Largo where there's normally, oh my gosh, I can't even say how many there are. But there's a lot more. Let's say there's 30. I get, you know what? I'm probably wrong. I'm going to have to think about that for a while. But there was, I know there's two north of the bridge that come in, and then there's a bayside one. There's three, four, five, and six, seven, eight. I mean, north of us, there was like 12 restaurants closed. And south of us, maybe another 12 or 15. And there were maybe only three restaurants three uh, uh, restaurants open, including us. So I noticed nine out of 10, the characteristic in the phone calls was, hi, are you open? And I did that five, six times. And then I said, wow, this is going to be all day and I'm going to have to take forever. I'm trying to, we're getting a lot of people coming in early, right even before we're open, we got the bar filling up because these are locals and they sit at the bar. They don't sit at the table. If they come one or two people, they like to sit at the bar. I take that as a compliment when they sit at the bar because they want to spend it with me. Not necessarily they don't like our servers, but the servers got to go and run to every table. So if they, even if they like the servers, the server can't spend a lot of time with them. But I'm in front of them the whole time, no further than 20 feet away. So see, I'm not too full of myself. I understand the reason for that. So I start answering the phone like this. Hi, this is the catch. Yes, we're open. And most of the people, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, I'm looking to, I'm looking to order some to go. Yeah, that was really one out of ten, and there was a lot of phone calls, so we still had a decent amount of to goes going. But since people were off that day, they like to get out of the house too, so we didn't have in in proportion to the amount of business we had, we didn't have a ton of to go orders, which I'm thankful for. That it's easier to serve somebody when they're there. You know, so they can plate it. I put the plate there and I don't have to bag it and all that stuff. So we had that. We were running around doing that. We had a great time. It was fun uh, working. And, but on top of that, on top of that, we had, I had so many text messages come in the last two days from family and friends. When they see the map, of Florida and they see the keys and they see this huge hurricane. I guess they just see the hurricane and they see the the clouds going and it covers key large it covers the whole keys. But you gotta remember the outer bands is mainly like strong winds and heavy rain. Strong winds and heavy rain. Sometimes it gets up pretty good, but you know maybe no more than sixty miles an hour. Not serious down here. Serious maybe from where, where you're from, but not serious down here. So I get all these calls and these people are talking, and I'm getting so many of them. I'm just going, yes, we're fine. It's mainly wind and rain. Boom. And when I was thinking about just doing a cut and paste thing so I can respond to, to the text messages. And there were phone calls too. Well, the one person who is, I and my family, the biggest warrior is my sister. My older sister, I mentioned earlier, Peg. My Irish twin. She was born a year before me. And she called and asked about, even though she's a smart woman, 
and she knew how far away it was. And she probably knew the dynamics of a hurricane. She still saw that. And when you see those things, you think, oh, my God. It's like when we're going over to Poland. You know, they had the war in Ukraine. And they said, well, most of the war that goes on over there is all on the, on the eastern side of Ukraine, which is upwards of 600 miles away, 700 miles away, even though we're close to the Ukrainian border. And there were attacks there. So, you know, people see that and they think, oh, you're going into a war zone. Um, I understand that. It's People have an interesting view of geography. When you ask somebody where they're from, if they're from a city outside of Buffalo, about 15 miles, they won't say, I live in a little city outside of Buffalo, about 15 miles. They'll say, I'm from Buffalo. Say the same thing about Chicago, Philadelphia, L.A., whatever, whatever city they're from. If there's a big city, they say, now if they're from in the middle of Montana, they're saying, I'm from a small city in the middle of Montana. You know, but they don't have a reference. I don't know what mile. It's like I've had someone uh, say they were from Philadelphia. And say, oh, I'm from Philadelphia. Where do you live? And they go, oh, Allentown. Allentown's 60 miles away. I go, oh, well, okay. But that, okay, that's that's really interesting. So if I was going to, I always used to get, uh, have a problem with geography. I say, listen, just give me a location where you're going to be. It's like when I used to date a girl uh, and run into a, a young woman, or not so young woman, but in the end, you go out. And so, where do you live? Oh, I, I live in Philadelphia. So, where? where? I mean, I live in Philadelphia too, but I live in Southwest Philadelphia. I'm like, oh, Christ. Not because I did, that was a bad part of Philadelphia. There are bad parts of Southwest Philadelphia, but because it's a 35-minute ride away, 40-minute ride away. You know, it's not right around the corner. And there's certain dynamics. People say, well, why why would you do those things? I say, well, I always say that when people say Philadelphia and they're on the other side of the bridge, Delaware River, which is New Jersey. Now, they're adjacent to Philadelphia. They may be less than a mile from Philadelphia, but there's a bridge in between us. And uh, you have to really make a commitment for me to go over a bridge. Or I have to really make a commitment to go over a bridge. But my sister was all worried. She was all worried about that stuff. She was worried about, she sent me text about my niece, the one that decided to evacuate to Naples, where that was there. She was worried about me. So when today I get a phone call, I'm sitting here having my cup of coffee, sitting here, sitting in my living room. I'm dressed for going to the gym. The wife is uh, getting ready for work. I work later on today. And I see my uh, sister's name pop up on my phone. Pay. And I go, oh, I know exactly what this is going to be. So I mean, literally, it was two seconds I pick up the phone, and on the phone, I say aside, Abby, even though I wasn't talking to Abby, go, Abby, sweep that water out the front door. 
It's coming in from the front door. And they go, Peg, how, what's up? And Peg goes, oh, my God, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm all right. I said, I planned that right then because I saw you and I knew where you were calling. You want to see if I was all right. I told you we were all right yesterday. Usually, you know, once it passes, it usually doesn't come back unless it came back. We backtracked. If the hurricane lost his keys, his car keys, and decided to, if Ian lost his car keys and decided to come back, and decided to come head back south. Nope, it didn't. I didn't say that to my sister, but I thought it was interesting. But she is a worry war. She worries about everything. She has a disaster, and, and this isn't it. She will agree with me on this. If it, my father and I discussed this before, if the, North Korea has nuclear missiles, she's worried about North Korea firing missiles at us. Iran got a nuclear weapon. She worries about them bombing out Israel. Um, during the uh, Y2K, Y2K, if some of you people may not recall that, but in 1999, early 1999, some computer people discovered a flaw in the programming in a lot of banking systems and infrastructure computers that went <clears throat> in order to save room in the programming, they didn't factor in the change in 99 to 2000. They were going to set, it was going to reset to, I think the year zero or something like that. It only goes up to a thousand. So it would be zero, year zero going back. They didn't go beyond that. And they thought all the computer systems would be screwed up. All the, you know, the bank accounts, your access to your bank accounts, uh, utilities, trading, commerce would get screwed up. I had a cousin that actually worked for a secretive government organization. Yes, he did work for that agency. And he, he agreed with her. We're at a party and we're having a discussion. I said, Oh, okay. So you think they're going to just, because we've been talking about it for months, this is going to happen now. So, nope, none of it came to fruition. They, obviously, she didn't worry about Islamic extremists flying a plane into the World Trade Center because uh, that was not one of the things she worried about. And it happened. Now, when you worry about a lot of things, every so often, you might be right. You might be right. And that may give you a false sense of precedence, meaning uh, you may think you're clairvoyant. I saw the future. Yeah, if you guess like 200 things are going to go wrong and one of them does happen, it could give you the somewhat visage or it may look like you knew what was coming up. But you got to remember all the things you were wrong about. So... If you're worrying about so many things and they don't happen, why worry about it? Just like the hurricane. And just like the warning I said, when a hurricane's coming, you've got to wait a little while. Before you start worrying, before you start worrying, if you get cut off and the, the hurricane speeds up and you miss ad, then you can worry a little. You can prepare. You should always be preparing. You should always be making plans. But the worrying part really doesn't do much for you. It does not add one scintilla, little bit of percentage to that thing. The, wor the worry part doesn't. Precaution, worry is different from precaution, taking a precaution or worrying. 
once you did all your planning, you packed your bags, you made sure that your electricity, you know where the electricity is shut off, where your water gets shut off, how to board up your windows, telling your neighbor where you're going, securing your outside furniture and stuff like that. You're ready. Now you can, you know, you did your precaution. You know, you're, every year there's always a certain amount of worry, certain amount of anxiety. Supposedly ever since COVID, a lot of people experience a lot uh, higher levels of anxiety. I talk about it on the show a lot. But once you do the precautions and self-care and stuff like that, you're good to go. And you should always have a plan. Talk to people, when should I plan to do this? I, I remember years ago when I first moved down here. Oh, a couple years after I moved down here. I was living on a first floor apartment. And it was great landlord. I was about a less than a block away from the ocean. But there was a barrier, barrier island. And I've yet seen any flooding in my area. But they said, listen, storm surge can happen here. So I didn't think about storm surge. I just thought about wind because it was so close. But I had these barrier reefs off the coast of where my beach was less than a half a mile away. So that would take the brunt of it. We won't be like the first one hit. I I was putting up my shutters. I was getting some supplies. And one of the people I knew at the bar said to me, uh, lived down here a long time, what are you doing? Why are you putting your shutters up now? He says, you can't do that. You, you, the models, you don't know yet. You don't know yet. And that's exactly what happened down here. Some people put those things. Some people went out and they bought the generators and stuff like that. It's good to buy those generators. Yes, that's precaution. Uh, that's precaution because, you know, as you get closer when it happened, you're gonna, not going to get a, head, a hold of a generator. And if you do get a hold of a generator, it's going to be very expensive. But I always thought that worry thing, that worry thing was such a wasted emotion. When you do it, you take a little precaution and you do it. It's like the people that take uh, my, uh, I don't want to even give it away because this is someone who is in the, I got I to parse my words correctly. I have to be careful what I say. Okay, someone very close to me went to Disneyland with their relative. And their relative was a law enforcement person from Central Florida. And supposedly, that law enforcement person went to Disney World armed. Now, I guess it was in the early 90s, maybe, because they didn't check for weapons then. Because, first of all, Disney World is not a dangerous place. I don't... You listen... There's millions of people go there every year. And if something were to happen, it would be big news. And it's it's probably not only the, what do they call this, the happiest place on earth? It's probably one of the safest places on earth, too. I mean, not necessarily now, if you think about the hurricane going across it. But for bringing a gun, that's the last place you really need to bring a gun. Disney World. So they went to... It used to be, the ride used to be called Mission of Mars, but then it was Pikachu. It was one of those um, Japanese anime characters, a little little thing. I don't even think it's called Pikachu, though. And 
And then it became Alien. I think it became the Alien one. Or it was the Alien one. And then it became Pikachu. Alien. From the movies. And they, instead of having the, uh, you sit around the thing and they have a 3D person come up in the center of a hologram talking about, oh, we, we got this alien mesomorph in this containment thing and we're observing it and we want you to be able to witness it while we're doing it. And then they pretend that it gets loose and the lights go down and they got flashing of lights and people screaming and all that stuff. And they actually put mist like it's breathing down your neck and stuff. And the relative of the person I know pulls the gun out at a ride. Now that's worrying to the extreme. Worrying to the extreme. Worrying to the it's harmful. But a lot of the, and that that's just the case. A lot of worry just causes people to lose sleep. It could cause you mental problems. You know, with lack of sleep, you can have mental problems. You can end up again with lots of sleep. Also, you can get health problems. Now, if you do proper planning and things like that, and you put things outside your outside your control, you just let it go. You just let it go. Right now, there's so many things that could go wrong with the world. There's so many things. They're not even sure of all this the asteroids and meteors that are over the planet coming by. We don't know if the um, the poles could switch. If you have never heard that thing, every some tens of thousands of years, the poles switch. And when that in the process of the poles switching, you use the magnetic barrier that protects the Earth from harmful uh, space radiation. That's, that's these magnetic fields protect the Earth. There's climate change. There's war. There's nuclear war. There's pollution, there's crime, all these things. Yes, there are things you could say could make life bad. But all those things aren't happening right now. Like the hurricane. It didn't hit us in Key Largo. It hit up north of us. Those people have something to deal with. That's serious, and I do. My heart goes out to them. But all the worry down here that you had, if you did your preparation, you didn't need to worry at all. Nothing happened. Now, every so often, you know, a tree could fall. A tree could fall down in the best conditions in your house, right? It could be rotting from the inside and just could fall on your house. Now, heavy winds can, you know, make that easier, but you don't need, you don't need that. There's need. It's a luxury. Well, worrying is not a luxury. Uh, worrying is a torture. So if you can figure a way of doing less worry, doing more things to be preventative if you need to be. But then there's doomsday preppers, preppers you know, and stuff like that. They're stockpiling all these freeze-dried food that lasts for like 20 years. Um, you know, water, fresh water and stuff underground. It's like the people during the 1950s that built the nuclear fallout shelters. All that money they spent on that. Now, they may have enjoyed it. They may have been, as a pastime, they may have enjoyed being a doomsday prepper. But really, how much joy did you have? They could have spent that money traveling someplace because it really wasn't being used. 
that's pretty much what I have for today. Don't worry. All is well for the moment. But you don't know what's going to get you. Some people have real legitimate problems and stuff like that. Yes, do what you will. I can't tell you to stop worrying. But if it is not, if it's only imagined and you're forecasting, you don't have to do it. Okay, well, I'm going to call this a day. I'm going to, next week, I'm going to uh, introduce you to our new sponsor, which is Key Largo Chocolates with multiple locations. They're the confectioners of uh, great quality here in the Upper uh, upper Keys and uh, owned by Rich and Brana. And I will give you more of an introductory to them next week. I'd like to thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Have a great day. Bye.